catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are reviewing the final buy round uh, round, I guess, <laughs> and going through our bogs and flogs, talking about a new segment, The Best Boys, as well as breaking down all the major news for the week. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. Joined, as always, by my good friend Luke. How are you, mate? Let's go. Let's buy go. rounds done. We're done. The buy We're rounds. Done with the buy rounds. We both went pretty well, actually. Yeah, yeah, we did go pretty well. Oh, look, well, I had it a bit further down the run sheet, but let's let's go through it now. Obviously, we don't always talk about our rank and and you know. You know, how you can't. Good we are, and well, know. yeah, you can't. Uh, we'd be talking all day, wouldn't we? You <laughs> can't win, but some people don't want you to talk about your own team. And then there's been a couple of comments some out there saying, our rank "Reveal permanently on <laughs> reveal <laughs> your rank to us." So, so. We'll, we'll we'll drop it every now and again, but but it's a good time at least for a lot of us to sort of reflect and sort of see how we went over the buy round in not only how we are ranked, but also how our team is set up as well, because. Uh, I think, obviously, the great man Selby said, I think that I'm going to butcher this quote, but uh, after the buy rounds, we we'll, uh, the tide goes out and we'll see who's swimming nude. And uh, if you've been sidewaysing through all the buy rounds, then these next few rounds, you'll get found out. With, you're going to be beached as, bro. Yeah, you're going to be beached as with uh, with all your rookies on the field. So hopefully, uh, a lot of you have been upgrading as well as getting some good scores. So, so remember, we view the whole buy rounds as one big round yeah. in terms of what your rank does and then... And and like you said, you want to try and end with a team sort of full of premiums or, or very close to that. And uh, talk to us about your rank, man, because if I had a rank like that, I'd be gloating every second I could. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it's it's not as good as where I was ranked last year, but I feel like I'm moving at a better like pace. I feel like I'm getting... The trajectory. Um, yeah, the trajectory feels better yeah, this, good, this time around. Good on so you. I started the buy rounds uh, at the end of round 11 at 1,270. I'm now at the end of round 15, ranked 361, and I actually improved rank every single buy round, which I was quite surprised about. Yeah. I thought there'd be at least one round in there where I'd fall back and then and then hopefully come back, but every round I've managed to increase rank, 
even without uh, the big man Errol Goulden in my hey. side and, and averaging 111 over the last three weeks. But yeah, so I managed to yeah basically cut my rank in a, in a third to 361. So hopefully. Very impressive. In striking distance of the hat. Mate, and I'm... I'm what, about, all, what about your rank? I'm all for you doing well too because it just it makes the ball boys more credible if, if at least one of us does, you know, half decent. So Yeah, well, it's still a long way to go. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. No, I was happy with mine as well. Like, uh, I started the season just absolutely woefully and um, well, at this, the... This, this, was your, this was your nemesis last year. This is where you came unstuck. Correct. Um, I was the guy swimming naked at the beach. <laughs> I was yeah, beached so. as. So, from, from the start of the buy rounds, I was ranked around 10,000, just, just a little less. And I brought that into uh, 4,424. Yes. Yeah, so. the buy around so up over up half quite a bit. rank yeah so I, I mean i'm not anywhere near hat territory but if i'm sort of setting my sights on if i could finish the season like around 2000 i'd be just over the moon with that that's, so that's a good season in my in my eyes we'll um it's very competitive this this day and age with fantasy with all these great podcasts and stuff out there so it's getting harder and harder to get up there so but hopefully did let you us just know- group us in with great podcast fans very generous. We are obviously, mate. <laughs> um, listen to those rankings. Uh, but so I think, yeah. If you if let us know down in the comments how you went over the buy rank, where you started the buys, what was your rank, and what you are now. Hopefully, we'll see a lot of comments where people have improved, no matter sort of where you started. But the other thing we'll check in here is how our team was looking. So before the buys, yep. How many? Well, I think we both had the same amount. So I think we both had five. Rookies slash mid prices. So I'm grouping yep. them together with like your Warples, um, your Ashcrofts, and all those sort of types. I've yep. left out Sheasel. He wasn't included in this list. Um, but six if you included him yep. for both of us. And I think after the buy rounds, I, before trades, have one rookie left. How many do you have? Yeah, two before trades. So okay. hopefully looking to, to make that just the one. Yeah. This week, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, so I have the option of having all of my rookies off the field this week, or I could potentially leave one on, and we'll uh, get to that a little bit later. So I think we've both done a good job of um, yeah upgrading our team as we go along. So for sure, let's go into our first segment. And the winner of the Norm Smith Medal. You're an embarrassment to what you do, mate. You're an embarrassment. Couple of embarrassments, couple of bogs throughout this- the week. Just and, before uh, we get into it, yeah. this is one of our favorite segments, but I haven't made a graphic for it yet. I oh, think I yeah. need to hey, gotta, get onto that. Yeah, if I'm anyone, sure there's something creative you can do here. You, well, you, you've been killing the graphics. Some of our some of our best stuff has come from um, people who recommend it on on yes. YouTube and stuff. Yes, so if yes. there's anyone who uh, thinks they've got a really cool graphic that might go some well, ideas, yeah, yeah, throw them out and I'll see what I can do. Yeah, get my PowerPoint skills <laughs> to work. We could do anything. He's a wizard on PowerPoint. So <laughs> thank you, Mitchell. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Geelong versus Melbourne, first game of the round. Who is our best on ground here, Luke? The track. Um, track. Yeah, I think. Uh, the fact that uh, Oliver wasn't named made mm. a few people look elsewhere and uh, and people who went to Petrarca, uh, I think they would have been pleased. He was a little more expensive than some of the other trade-in options this week without people looking at Crouch, looking at Anderson, these kind of guys. Yep. Um, but people who went to Petrarca were rewarded with a 120, I think. Yeah, well, 125. He outscored a lot of them, all those kind of guys in that price back. And yeah. I believe he was even getting tags for a lot of the game as well. Uh, maybe not a super hard tag, but they were definitely sort of staying with him at stoppages and uh, kicked a goal and... Yeah, looks like a beast, and um, yeah. yeah, he's one of the best players in the AFL still, in my opinion. The flog, I couldn't find many flogs from a fantasy point of view, <laughs> so I've just got to give it to Gary Rowan here for knocking out his own teammate. You can't Jeremy knock Cannon. out your own teammate. Uh, some people are calling for the suspension. Yeah, well, how many um, weeks is he getting? What do you reckon? None. He hasn't been cited for the MRO, so... Ridiculous. Yeah, That's, it's interesting that... 
it's super weird, but because if if you you know if it was another if it was the other team's player, he'd argue, oh, my intention was not to yeah, knock him. He didn't mean well, to do it. Same same as knocking out your own teammate. Exactly. Te- like they if, haven't cared about intent up until this point. If the AFL serious about uh, protecting the head, they've got to suspend him. Look, look, I <laughs> I think I think you don't suspend him, but it just seems like a it's bit. Funny. Ironic, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I don't <laughs> poor, know. poor bastard. Yeah. So, yeah, poor, um, poor Jeremy Cameron, obviously, and and Gary Rowan. Look, he seemed to be sad for a moment, but he ended up playing a great game. So, it could oh, have he been really too did. Upset, he did so. a career best game as well. <laughs> yeah, so, so. Well uh, but flog behaviour for knocking out your teammate. Uh, St <laughs> Kilda versus Brisbane. Lots of fantasy relevant players in this game. Yeah, best on didn't get a chance to watch this one, but a guy that a lot of people have been looking at as potentially a top six defender. I think he uh, he staked his claim um, this round with a 130. Jack Sinclair, um, he's looking more and more uh, solid with every week. And now I think he's more predominantly in that half-back role, which we like him in. Well, was... he actually he actually got a lot of CBAs this round, okay. um, which was interesting. The yeah. week before, he had none. But he was, he was definitely playing behind the ball, I will say. Like, mm. in general play, he was in and amongst the, the stoppages, but he was definitely that guy that they were trying to give him the ball to get that run still, you know, off the back of stoppages, off yeah. half-back. So he was getting CBAs. Um, I don't know if he had any kick-ins, but he was definitely the guy that they were looking to. Like He looked really good in this game as someone who watched it. They were looking for him whenever they possibly could. He's, um, a, he's just a great player now. He's, he's, a great player. he's got such a weird career trajectory too. Like He's been in the league for six yeah. or seven years. He popped last year, and now he looks like he's yeah. a top player at his club. So good on him. Yeah, best on ground. Good effort there, 130. Uh, flog for this game was the guy who I brought in who... I thought I'd missed the week before. Marcus Windhager. Um, you weren't alone. Yeah. I think just disappointing to what we wanted. He had the 42 points. His CBAs dramatically dropped. And um, yeah, just cash generation stalled a little bit after putting up an 85 with, I think, the highest CBAs of the team last week. His CBAs were well down this past week and played a, a much lower 73% time on ground. Um so yeah, disappointing effort for Windhager, who didn't make as much cash as we wanted to wanted him to. But hopefully, he can redeem himself against the Eagles. This. It seems like a bit of a hard read over at St Kilda at the moment. You got Windhager, yeah. you got Crouch, you got Steele, you got Sinclair. Like week to week, yeah. where are their CBAs at? Yeah, it is a little bit strange, and and obviously, like the health of Steele might have something to do with it um, there. But yeah, it is a little bit up and down with a few of their roles. So we'll have to just monitor it this uh, these next couple of weeks. Now, Sydney versus West Coast. The bloodbath. Um, bloodbath. Unfortunately for yourself, mate, the best on ground here has to go to Errol Gilden. I think he's given us close enough to a 150, but... This was a hard one. Proper witches hats. Oh, like, man up on the guy, West Coast. Come on, man. Mitch, Mitch was calling for a rest. Oh, he's like, oh, he I played just... the whole first quarter, didn't go off. And uh, <laughs> I was messaging Holmesy, who's a fellow uh, non-Errol Gildon, um, you know, uh, guy out there just battling away. But it was just painful. That first quarter, I think he had 50 points um, or more than 50 points, kicked a couple of goals, and they just still let him just run around. That's all mm. good. Um, but, yeah, obviously he was... He was a thirsty gangster out there. He was, was a thirsty gangster. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a very worthy best on ground if you are, if you did have him, which a lot of people do. Um, the flog for this one, I'm just going to give it to the West Coast Eagles. Sort of following what I just said. Just come on, guys. Yeah, it's pretty... Just a little bit more... Like, we can't get be smashed by 170 points. You can't let players like Errol Goulden just run amok, uninhibited out there. 
take a bit of possession. I don't know. Something's got to change at West Coast. I feel like there's something will change. Maybe they'll do the old it, Jack Siebel chip mark around a bit oh, more. Game plan wise, it's it's hard to hold players accountable to a game plan when you have no competition for spots coming up through the two. So I think they yeah. had like two listed players yeah. playing their Scoobies over the weekend and. If you're a West Coast player playing in the ones, there's no competition for spots. You've got to find yeah. another way to hold players accountable. Look, I don't know what the answer is, yeah. but I'm just it's saying tough. like that. Like you, you did done by 170 points. What was it the yeah. fourth highest margin of victory ever in the AFL? Um, like pretty yeah. tough. If that's not a flog effort, then I don't know what is by the whole team. So uh, if you're a West Coast fan, uh, commiserations first of all, but. Mm. Let us know in the comments what you guys' uh, thoughts are on your boys and, and what they can do to potentially be a little bit more competitive moving forward. Next Frio game. Essendon. Yep, Frio Essendon. We've got uh, Matt Johnson as the bulk. He wasn't necessarily the highest scoring player on the ground, but when you get a guy that's priced um, at around 400000 and he gives you a... You know, as good as a hundred. Yep. Um, that's boggish behaviour. And the bounce, other thing too is that back from last week we were watching that one, and that could have been a one ten, one fifteen. I think yeah. he went off with a, just a minor injury concern with about corky, ten minutes to go was. or something yeah, like that. One. So, and he was on track for for plus one hundred. So, kicked well a goal, done. got eight marks, seven tackles, just did good everything. Stat line. Um, so, yeah, he looked really good. Out there, not not as many CBAs as a couple of weeks ago, but still filling up the uh, stat sheet. Uh, flog for me, and uh, might be someone that we talk about in another segment later. But Hayden Young, um, how many how many flogs is this for Hayden Young this season so far? Well, I think I mean we we both listen to the traders, and they have that rule that if you if you give someone three the negative, negative threes, threes you got, got to get rid of them. them. Yeah, I mean, oh, we oh. should have traded Hayden Young <laughs> Hayden a long Young's time ago based on that. Uh, yeah, so look. Hopefully, the guys who listen to this podcast, I know a lot of people traded him in a couple of weeks ago yeah. after his round 12 buy. We have been advising... I don't think we ever advocated for it. that. Or not, maybe not against it, but not recommending it with a lot of confidence. And uh, yeah. some people have traded him in, but he is definitely someone who you could potentially now, if you're, if you're in that luxury position, you could be looking to move him on because he, he's just not getting it done. I don't think he's going to be improving much on last year. So he's probably going to be that mid-80s guy, and that's just... At this stage of the season, not good enough. So, Hayden Young, it's been nice. Well, not really, but I think it's time to say goodbye for a lot of teams for you. <laughs> this next game, I reckon, was the game of the round. We both got a chance to watch this one. Collingwood Amazing and game. Adelaide at the G. Um, just a fantastic game to watch. Now, I'm not actually going to give the bog status to the guy who's went 170, Jordan Dawson. What? Which, which seems ridiculous. I think, I, I mean, that bog goes without saying. But the guy that I'm giving it to went, I think, is about 120. But this guy, for a second-year player, is just... Freakish. You run out of words to describe him. The fact yeah. that he's he's obviously popped a great fantasy score, which is awesome for us. But the when he came when he came on with about ten minutes to go in that last quarter, he would have had at least nine touches in that last ten minutes, yeah. and all of them were were influential touches that got Collingwood moving in the right direction. So Nick Dacos is is just a freak, um, and he will continue to be so for the next ten years to come. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, he had 10 touches, kicked a goal, laid three tackles in that last quarter for 43 fantasy points. Um, so, yeah, he's he's just an all-round gun. And moving more and more into the midfield, I think he was... I think he was the highest CBA attendee for... Yeah. Yeah, for Collingwood this part this past game, so... Um, there, yeah. was, there was a passage There was a passage um, Late I think it was late In the fourth quarter Where Keyes wasn't going With him all day But Keyes is like An elite endurance yeah. runner And I remember Oh they was, were running Down the middle They were running Down the middle And, and Dacos was pushing As hard as he could And Keyes was pushing As hard as he could And Dacos late in the game Was just, just getting away him, from. Hey. Yeah. He's just He's elite 
Yeah, oh. he's so good. Yeah. Uh, the flog for this game here, again, it didn't have many people to choose from, so I'm just going to give it to Jordan Goey from a couple of weeks ago, being <laughs> so the reason salty. why I don't have Tom Mitchell in my team as a guy who potentially could be a top eight. He's, mid. he's not the reason. You're the reason that well, you don't have no, Tom Mitchell. Well, hold on. Well, correct. Uh, yeah, it is. It is me. But Jordan Goey <laughs> gets the, the flog for enticing me too much with his low break even and cheaper price. And I should have just gone for Tom Mitchell and I would have looked like a genius. But uh, not to be. Gold Coast uh, versus Hawthorne, last game. Yeah, we didn't really get a chance to watch this one, but we were watching the scores, and, and Will Day um, came back and atoned for some poor games in recent yeah. uh, in recent history and, and went uh, 110 plus. So I think people who held on to Will Day would be happy yeah, 116, with that. nine marks, 29 touches, four tackles. So for the guys who traded him out, that would have stung a little bit to watch. And for those who held him... It was a nice reward for your patience. Uh, the flog for me in this award is Stewie Jew, just for flinging the magnets around. Stewie Jew. He is doing some weird shit at the moment. Fiorini what? gone from 0% CBAs to 74%. Noah f- Anderson playing more on the wing, down below 50% CBAs. Uh, not playing our boy, the Humper, in the midfield at all. Absolutely just, you know... Sp- Stuck him into the forward line. I don't, um, that's the one I don't get probably just, the most. Yeah, just some weird, weird decisions from Stewie Dew, and uh, it's it's fucking with our fantasy team. So he gets the flog award for this game. Yeah, well deserved, I think as well, mate. Well deserved. All right, let's um let's talk about the uh, content creators cup brought to you by Infinite Wealth, uh, where. Uh, Guesty has given us a really good resource for free for being an AFL Fancy Coach. Go to infinitewealth.com.ae forward slash infinite wealth. Forward slash uh, AFL Fantasy. Oh, forward slash, sorry, AFL Fantasy. Good pickup. Um, it's, on the, it's on the screen right there over on YouTube. But um, how did you go in the Content Creators Cup? You've got a funny if, story to tell. Well, I don't... Maybe Popowski can tell us, but I don't know what the chances of this are. Two... Draws in a, in a row. row, yeah. In AFL fantasy, absolutely, absolutely wild. When you're um, scoring 18 players, you yeah. know, thousands of points to you've have got p- scores dropping off. You've got captain scores to have like, two, and you know there was like plenty of uniques in both those matchups. Yeah. Just have two bang on draws in a row. Yeah, um, yeah, pretty weird. But that's that's where I'm sitting with yeah. the, the. So you had the draw with the statesman. I had a bit of a soft matchup this week with Roy. Who? Oh wow! Is, uh, well, that's, not, those not, are, <laughs> Those are fighting words, if ever I've heard. I think Roy himself would tell you that he was uh, undermanned. He had a tough round this round he with did. a lot of his players on the bye. He um, so he was always sort of touting this to be his tough round. Uh, whereas I think I only had sort of five players on the bye that that week. So um, sort of was a bit fortunate for me coming up against him, and he had a few unlucky outs come teams. So a um, bit fortunate for me, but I got the win there and still sitting at the top there, Luke. You are, mate, sitting pretty. Yeah, so. That's, a, that's pretty, um, you got a bit of pressure on your shoulders if you get to the point where you need to donate thousands of dollars to a, a charity. Yeah. I think you'd think hard about that, mate. Hopefully, hopefully I can, because I think there's, there's, a, there's a winner for overall and a winner for the, the matchups as well. Yeah. See if oh. I can knock out the double. We're almost certainly getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but. <laughs> way too far ahead. Let's, uh, let's move on. So. Bit of news from the weekend. Yeah, let's do some news. Not, not too much news in terms of injuries, which is nice, but just a couple of things that I think was noteworthy um, to sort of monitor moving forward. So the yep. first one is Jack Steele. Now, you didn't watch this game. You said you missed this one. Yep. I watched this game, and, and it was 
I tweeted out, it looked to me, and I was cautious of going too early, but it looked to me early on in the game that he was running a lot better. He didn't have any strapping on his knee, number one, and it looked to me like he was moving a lot better than he has the last couple of weeks. There was a couple of times where he sort of sprinted to, to get open for a mark. I think there was one there was one particular moment which prompted my tweet was when he sprinted into the defensive 50 to take a mark from a kick-in, um, and you know that's the fastest I've seen him run in several weeks, so... He looked like he was moving better. His scoring was, you know, he, he tunned up, but he still only had 68% time on ground. And I think he is still a little bit he's under, rusty. He's I underdone. Think. Yeah, he's underdone. He's, the fact that he, so the fact that he got to 102, 104, should I say, with 12 tackles. Yeah. The Jack Steele of old, if he has 12 tackles, That's he's going 140. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. the other thing too, when I was looking through his stats, is his tackles have actually not been too bad for the season. It's the marks that are yeah. down, which yeah. suggests he's not getting out to space. He's not so looking for those So how many did he have 45s. that game? How many marks did he have? Uh, he only had three marks. Okay. So yeah. um, th- this, the thing that will be very interesting discussion this week and something that we're going to talk about later as well yeah. is the fact that he's very underpriced. Yep. Most people are going to want to give Mills one more week. He plays West Coast this week. He does. So yeah. this this is going to be interesting discussion this week to see whether he is a genuine trade target or not. Yeah, So, but it was interesting to see that, to my eye at least, and, and let me know again in the comments if you disagree, if you still thought he looked a bit hobble, but to my eye, he did look like he was at least moving and running a bit better. Um, the next one here, like we mentioned before, Mills um, played... Uh, his first game back from yep. his injury, uh, but was subbed off at three-quarter time. It was just a management sort of thing. They obviously were smashing West Coast and didn't... Yeah, I was going to say, that, that game was tight. It was surprising yeah. they subbed him off. Yeah, so, but no, obviously, uh, for what he played in terms of game time, scored a right 64 yeah. points, but remember, it was against West Coast and everyone yeah. was... It, fantasy points were just up for fun. Yeah. Um, so, his he, I think he lost like 50 or 60K... Um, and still has a break-even of 130-ish, Two, 132, I think. I think yeah, it is. So, yeah. uh, but to my eyes, again, he looked like he was moving fine and, and doing Mills things, getting marks, tackling. So, oh, he, uh, he's, positive signs, I think. Give him one more week. We'll talk about him later. But give him one more week, and he's an absolute lock. Like, yeah. you've you got to have him, even if he doesn't end up doing proper Mills things for the rest of the season. He's already severely underpriced. He did play... He, I think he had like 22% CBAs. He played a bit of wing, also played a bit of forward as well, like rested yeah. forward at times. So I think they are obviously just easing him back in with role as well as game yeah. time. So um, yeah, we'll see how that one moves on. Um, the other thing, again, role changes. Yeah, Zach Merritt saw a drop in his CBAs down to 59%. Uh, with the return of Darcy Parrish, who had 81% CBAs in that game. Uh, funnily enough, Stringer was the guy that maintained his CBAs over a Zach Merritt. He played, again, a little bit in the forward line in that game. Still um, played well and, and scored okay, but just something to monitor as a guy who's uh, nearly $1 million and um, yeah, yeah, touted to be a top eight in the in the game. The CBAs are, are the one that we watch, but if week to week they can slightly lie because if if you your rotation time occurs when there's multiple goals kicked, that can influence it. Like that wasn't an overly yeah. high scoring game either, so that means there's less CBAs and yeah. if you just get stuck on the bench, there can be little things like that as well. He but was I'd, third in the team, so Yeah. I would be shocked if he's losing that role anytime soon. Yeah, so yeah, not not something to sort of jump Jump at shadows, but maybe just something just to tuck Keep in your back on. pocket and monitor moving forward. Um, so the last couple on the Sunday, again, just wanted to make a note that Ben Keys, we talked about him as a trade target last yeah. week, and I traded him in nervously, but he looks like he had the good role yep. um, midfield and not necessarily 
clamping in a hard tag kind of a role. So had his highest CBAs of the season at 78%, um, and obviously scored okay against a tough uh, opponent in Collingwood. So I think that's good news for Ben Kings. I think it's positive. I mean, if you own him and you're going into that West Coast matchup this... Uh, West Coast? North. Am I right? North matchup this week. Um, yeah, you'd be pretty happy with that, I think. Yeah, so interesting to see. And again, we'll talk about our best boys later and uh, discuss him. And the last one here, like we sort of already mentioned, Fiorini had a huge spike in CBA, 74%. Anderson had 48% and was definitely less in the middle in the second half, looking yeah. back at the numbers. And also Sam Flanders came in and stole a bit of usage going 43%. Percent in CBAs after coming in from the VFL. This is that's the one that shits me the most. Is we both traded in Anderson this week, his CBAs dive, and a bloke Fiorini who I had fucking six weeks ago and he couldn't <laughs> yeah. get a CBA to save his life. Now he's at seventy four percent and goes one fifteen. Like part of me like wonders me. if that's like they were. I think they won by seventy points or something in the end, and it was definitely the second half where his CBAs did drop off more yeah. than the first half. Whether or not it was like. Again, Stewie Juice experimenting. He kind of did that the week before when they were getting pumped by 70 points. If he's just kind of, you know, moving the magnets around, seeing what's the best way to go, but it is a slight concern. If I traded in fucking Crouch, I would have won that. I'm creators matchup. Sorry, mate. Okay, put your fucking headband on. Let's go chopping block. Okay, chopping block. It's gonna be it's gonna be harder and harder to talk about the guys that need to be chopped as the season goes on because we're getting closer and closer to a quote unquote finished team. Find a way to talk about them because I uh, want to keep bringing up this graphic. <laughs> okay, so I think the easiest chop of the week will be a Bailey Humphrey, who obviously disappointed people who had him um, still there and sort of wanted to see him out through the buys. What did he get? 36 in the end? Um, oh, man. And he's, he saved over in the last quarter. Him. I think he had nine going into three-quarter time or something yeah, like it that. Was pretty, it was pretty gross. Um, a few free kicks I think he gave away as well. So he's someone who's got a bit of money on his head and uh, will start to lose a bit of cash now as well. So I think you can trade him out and get a good upgrade from there. The rest, again... Any rookies or anything like that that you, you know, uh, going down in price or yep. close to their break even, you can trade out. Some of the tougher ones to talk about are players like, um, you know, maybe a Darcy Wilmot yep. or a Matthew Johnson. Yep. Some of those guys who still have more money to make, but they might be the only rookies you have left on your field that have any kind of value on their head that you can get to a premium. So you can't fall in love with them, but can you? You. If you, once you can get to the guy you want to get to, just even if you might have another you know fifty k to make, you you got to pull the trigger, don't you? Yeah, I think I think they're on the chopping block here because I think it's you can get rid of them. Um, depending on your team and your situation, it might be worthwhile holding them. Yeah. Say for example, you've got another way to get a Humphrey and someone else up to a, a premium, then I would probably do your best to to hold on to a Matthew Johnson because. You know, the cash is still going to be helpful at this time of year, but like like we sort of said, hopefully we're getting very close to completed sides, and if you still have a rookie or two on the field, you want to get to those 22 premiums on your field as quickly as possible because you're going to be losing ground to the guys in he- ahead of you that have already, because a lot of teams will have completed their side coming out of the buys. Um, something that you flagged with me um early this this week uh, that I might not have immediately thought of as well is the fact that a lot of people have Sheldrick now. Mm. Um, Sheldrick's playing the second game of the round, yeah. I think. So looking at your looping options with Sheldrick and then depending on what he scores, you could be more or less aggressive yeah, with your absolutely. trades. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I think the, there's a couple of early games. Um, uh, 
uh, Brisbane play early, so yep. perhaps maybe that means that trading a Darcy Wilmot yep. may not be the best thing. It might still be the best thing, but you could maybe have a look at him and loop his score. Um, you could loop, like you said, at Angus Sheldrick uh, with that Sydney matchup. Who do they play? Geelong. Geelong so on the Friday. it's a tougher matchup, but he's been scoring well these last few weeks. So. Yep. And he's obviously not someone you're going to be trading with a negative 40-something break-even. So um, you can at least have a look at him. And if he scores well, then that's your license to trade out a Matthew Johnson. Despite him having the ability to go up in price more, if it's that last rookie spot, then you're just trying to look for points at this stage. is probably more important than cash, I would say. Yeah, just something to consider because that's not something that everyone mm. will immediately think of. So I think that's worth noting. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next guy here, I've just highlighted again, Hayden Young. I think he's on the chopping block for a lot of people. If you have him in, you trade him in after his buy, you're suckers like us and you've had him from the start of the year. He seems like he is just a step behind those yep. guys in the 90s um, in defenders that I think he might be a ticket to get up to some of those big dogs. So you've you flagged a potential option for you this week is taking Hayden Young all the way up to like a Doherty. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the opposite. Can you go down from Hayden Young to like an Elliot Yo, or is it? I like that less. I think at this stage of the year, we want to be getting the best players in. Um, now, you still want to have somewhat of a value mindset, but... We're trying now to get the best guys. And, and again, I've alluded to this best boys. I'm really hyping up the best boys coming up. Yeah. But we're going to go through what we think are the best players <laughs> in each line and um, the priority to get those guys in. But I would probably, if I'm trading Hayden Young, unless I could get an upgrade on the other end, which you might if you go down to some of these cheaper options, I'd be more trying to get him up to some of the, the big dogs. Um. And I guess the, the the question I have for myself, and I think a few other people might have this kind of question, is if you've got a Matthew Johnson on your M8 and he's your last rookie on field and you have like a player like a Hayden Young or someone that you're sick of watching and you can get to like a you know a Doherty or something like that, what do you do first? Um, yeah. and, and I think for me the question there, for example, I can only get a Hayden sorry, a Matthew Johnson to a Callum Mills. That's all the cash I have enough yep. to get to. Or I can get a Hayden Young to a Doherty. I'm at this stage leaning a Hayden Young to a Doherty and then trying to loop that last spot between a Sheldrick, a Matthew Johnson, a Windhager. Yeah. And hopefully that I can get a decent enough score between one of those players. Because I think Mills is still a little bit risky. So you would only you would only entertain entertain that kind of an option if you only had the one rookie spot left. Because I'm in a slightly different situation with two rookie spots left. Yeah. You would just recommend for me more of just a downgrade upgrade, get another premium, and then I might be in that situation kind of next week well, potentially. I think, I think so, and because of the fact that I can only get to Mills, um, it just it just feels like, especially for a this week play. Yeah, you know you can get Mills next week. Yeah, I might not be able... And it might not even be that much of an upgrade. Like, I might get more of an upgrade on the other side because of what we've seen from Mills and the risk factor there. Yeah. So, that's specifically for that. If you can get... Uh, if you've got more money in the bank than I do and you can get a Matthew Johnson up to one of those top eight mids that, yeah. you know, have a bit more certainty, then I'd probably go there rather yep. than a Hayden Young up, if that makes sense. But... Uh, I'm open to exploring the opportunity of looping, but for most scenarios, I think getting the rookies off field is still the priority. Okay. Yeah. Well summarized. Now, 
This, um, Mitch has been alluding to it uh, for a little while now, but this uh, is a new segment. Uh, it's essentially just who we think are the best 22 players in fantasy at the minute. Yeah, but, um, a little bit of a twist on it. And you can, you can see here, we'll, we'll talk more about it in a sec. Goosebumps. Goosebumps there. Not... Many brain cells were used in the making of this. So I don't, we've we've changed ball boys, big boys to ball boys, best boys. Completely original, mate. What are you talking about? Correct. And we've got a cool little graphic. So that's just a cherry on I'm, top. I'm, I'm pretty happy with the work you've done there, Luke. That's uh, that's pretty good, mate. Thank so you. would you have picked three different players? Or oh, no, I think there's some good variety. We've got a mid, we've got a defender, we've got a forward. Well, so... that was sort of where I was going. Yeah, the rucks, no. the rucks lost out. But... Yeah, well, the rucks. Everyone knows the rucks. But let's go through. So what I'm going to do now. A little bit different to like your standard rolling 22. I wanted to divide each position up into sort of three categories. Your your locks, yep. like the players that, in our opinion, sort of are guaranteed. We think they're going to be the best in their line moving yep. forward. The kind of in the mix bracket where there's like that tier below, throw the blanket over. And then we've got some maybe some roughies. Some guys that are like potentially cheaper or potentially super unique that have an outside shot of, you know, coming home and, and being that guy. And th- I think it's a good way. And throughout us talking about this, we're going to talk about these guys from their potential as trade targets yeah, as well. Absolutely. So yeah. you won't see the trade targets graphic this episode, but uh, we will be talking about each of these guys from that perspective too. So let's go through the locks yep. um, for defenders the defenders. First. So, and let me know if you disagree with any of yep. these ones here. I've got Jordan Dawson, Nick Dacos, Sam Doherty, James, it says here, James Sicily, <laughs> um, once he's back. And then I'm actually going to lock in Jack Sinclair as well. Going to lock fifth. it away? Yeah. I think what he did on the weekend probably suggests that uh, he can be called a lock there. I, I think even if he's not a lock, I'd be advising people to trade him in. Yeah. He's probably, if he's not a lock, he's the very top of the um, yeah. of the next next sort of group there. Um, I think combined with their run yeah. moving forward and what I've seen from him in the last few weeks, uh, I think to me, he is firming up to be that fifth guy. So Sicily, um, you know, barring Sicily, because he's yep. not playing this week, yep. um, if you don't own one of those uh, Dawson, Dacos, Doherty or Sinclair, who's your priority to try and get in? Um, well, it's anyone you can. In terms okay. of um, in terms of value of those guys, I think that... I think that Nick Dacos is probably actually the most value. He's at 908,000 and Doherty's at 909,000. I think both of those guys have potential to be 110 averaging players and they're both priced around that 106, 107 mark. Okay. So those two come in with a bit of value. Uh, Jordan Dawson is over the million dollar mark. So it's going to be hard to get him in if you haven't already. Um, and Sicily obviously is suspended. Sinclair is probably about what he's going to do moving forward. You're probably paying for what you're going to get. So a Dacos and Doherty are probably the two big targets for value. And this is, I guess, the, the question that I'll throw to you and get your thoughts here yeah. as well. Do you think at this point, like, if you don't have, say, any of these locks, do you think that we try and square away these locks first and then after we've got all the locks in our team, start shopping around in the, the next bracket? I... I... My personal thoughts is I don't know if you can do that because I don't know if mm. people can at this stage straight away generate enough cash to go straight away to those locks. Right. Like 
on each line, I feel like you have to play around in that, still play around in that value area to then potentially leapfrog up to the locks. Yep. Like, like, let's say, for example, this week, a guy that a lot of people might be looking to trade in is Jack Steele. Yep. Well, we don't know if Jack's... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Steel's a lock for a top eight mid no, anymore, yeah, do we? No. But a lot of people can't get any higher than Jack Steele. So you trade to steal and then Fair. and then you think about going to those locks as your next step. And yeah. unless for whatever reason you are blessed to be able to go straight to the top. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I think if you can do it, um, I'm now at the point where I would do that yeah. and, and take value less into accounts because yeah. you, you don't want to be burned by those guys yeah. that everyone else has. Um, but it's you want to square just... those guys away. And then there might be more opportunities later to get some of those you know, sneaky uh, picks that catapult yeah. up into the that bottom end of the the best twenty two. But at the moment, it's, it's you do what you can do, isn't it? Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. Now, in this next sort of category for defenders, we're talking about guys who are in the mix. So I'll rattle them off, and then yeah. we can talk about them individually if we want. So yep. Tom Stewart, Will Day, Luke Ryan, Harry Sheasel, and Caleb Daniel are all guys that we think could potentially take, um, you know, that six, let's say, uh, top defender spot. I think Will Day and Tom Stewart are probably the two most likely. Yeah. What I want to ask you about Will Day. So he's gone one. What do you say? One sixteen. Yep. This week, few people traded him out. He's coming. This is his run coming up. So he goes Carlton, GWS. Then he goes North Melbourne, Richmond, St Kilda. It's pretty good. And throughout that run where he went poorly, there was a couple of tags in there. There was a couple of tough matchups. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy that you look to trade in if you got off him, if you never had him? Do you think he's a guy you look to go to? I think so, yeah. I mean, he's he's actually, compared to a lot of these players, one of the cheaper players. Is he cheaper than Hayden Young at the moment uh, or something like that? No, not quite. not quite. Hayden he's... Young's done himself okay. a bit of disservice and fallen off a little bit. But $769,000. It's pretty close. Price at ninety. Um, he could potentially be a 95 to 100 averaging player from here on out. So I think there is actually a little bit of value there compared to someone like, for example, Caleb Daniel, who's also in this bracket, who's 883,000. So if you're picking between a couple of those guys, I'd definitely be going Will Day over Caleb Daniel because of price. Um, I think they're probably going to do similar-ish moving yeah. forward. Will Day's 19 out of... Ooh, quick math, 23 CBAs on the yeah, weekend. so he's, he's in there at a high rate. Um, I think he's definitely a guy they're going to continue to prioritise developing as one of their young up-and-coming players. So I don't necessarily expect to see a fall-off at any point. Um, so You still yeah. have Day, don't you? Oh, I still have Day, yeah. yeah. Do you have him? Still? I do, yeah. yeah. So I think he, he he's definitely a good, good player there. Um, what about Tom Stewart? I think you said that you think he's going to be in that mix... I think he's going to be in that mix, but I think uh, the the weird thing with Stewart now is he was such great value 
what, what are we talking, Ages four, ago. five, six weeks yeah. ago, that trading so him in now would just... Owned. It, I mean, it would just feel like you missed the boat. It, it wouldn't have a good feeling associated with it, trading <sighs> him in now. I also don't know if we're going to see that huge ceiling from him that we saw last year. Yeah, he feels like a guy that if you've got him now, you're going to ride with him because he's going to be there or thereabouts, but yeah. I don't, he wouldn't be in the crosshairs. Yeah, and up against Sydney this week, it's a tough matchup for defenders. Then he comes yeah. up against North... Essendon, so a couple of good matchups there. So maybe you wait at least one more week before targeting him. But um, yeah, what about what about a Harry Sheasel and a Luke Ryan? Do you like either of those two as a potential to get in there? Uh, Luke Ryan, for me, I, I see him as the kind of guy who's like, you need to win a matchup in a league, and it's like the last round, or you know that you you know you need to take a shot to get into the top one hundred for a hat, and you trade in Luke Ryan, and he gets you there, or he or he bombs. Like, for me, he's that guy. And then Harry Sheasel, I just don't know how I'd feel about having traded out a rookie and then bringing back in a rookie, so... Yeah. Look, yeah, I guess it feels dirty. Um, Luke Ryan is currently the sixth averaging defender in, in the comp at the moment. What's his floor score this year? Um, that's a good question. Let me have a look. His floor score is 73... Oh, sorry, 69. Um, so, But he's only gone below 80 twice. Sorry, three times. It's way um, better than Hayden Young. It's way better than Hayden Young. He's had two scores over 140 this season. He's had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven tons on the year. So he's um he's got has a guy that hits ceiling scores somewhat regularly. He does. Is he, is he one of those guys where if you had him at the start of the year and you've owned him all year, then hats off to you, but you just don't feel confident in looking at him as a trade-in target from here? Is that how he feels to you? or I don't know. He's actually not super expensive. He's 802000 I think if you're looking for a bit of a unique play, a guy with ceiling, super low ownership, if you're ranked a bit further back a bit, he, he could actually be worth a punt. If you don't have Day or Luke Ryan, who are you going first of those two? Day, to me, feels safer. So Luke um, Ryan's the, the hit the six, as Calvin says? Yeah, Luke Ryan's hit the six uh, because of his, obviously, his ceiling. He's coming up against the, the Bulldogs this week under the roof, which is a really good matchup. Yep. He's scored well against them in the past, so you could get instant reward. Does make me a little bit nervous just because of what he's done in the past, but he seems to command the ball and um, just loves that cheap shit in the back line, so... And he does. He's yeah. uh, he's the reason Hayden Young sucks so much. <laughs> Fucking Luke Ryan. Us. Anyway, uh, and yeah, Harry Sheasel, he's a very interesting one. I actually traded him out last round, so yep. I think that there's still going to be some volatility moving forward. But if I could guarantee you that he's in that defensive line taking kick-ins, then he could be very much in the mix here as well. Let's talk about some roughies. Uh, Harry Hilmerberg, Elliot Yo, and Liam Duggan have also thrown in here. Two really cheap guys, and Liam Duggan, who's a very unique player. Um... This is where if you can't afford some of those big dogs, I think these players here could get close enough and also be very cheap and get you by until you're doing all of those luxury trades um, in you know a couple of weeks' time. So do you, do you have a preference between Himmelberg and Elliot Yo moving forward? Uh, I think Elliot Yo um, scores better at barring injury. Let's always just kind of say that as a caveat yeah. with uh, with Elliot. Yeah, I think he scores better barring injury, um, but there is a little bit of a price difference. I think yeah, it's, it's about hundred k, eighty k. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I'm thinking Elliot Yo would be the guy to go there instead of Himmelberg. Yeah, I think he probably has the ceiling over Himmelberg. We know he's got the role. He's 
He's never getting dropped from, yeah, <laughs> from, from that no team. There's no one to drop him for. Um, and then he's doing he's doing that thing where he plays entirely midfield and then says, you guys are trash. I'm also going to take kickouts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to um, do everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it actually surprised me. Um, well, actually, let, let's put it this way. I know that he had nine points at quarter time. Mm. And he went 95, something yeah, like something that. something like that. So that probably gives you some context, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, his He's, runs coming up is actually decent. St. Kilda, Brisbane, Richmond, Carlton, North. See, is this, like, we, we talked about this a little bit before we threw the headsets on, but this is the kind of pick I should go for because of where I'm ranked. Like, yeah, shouldn't I, mean, I try yeah, to? It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I yeah, have a-, a go. I mean, I think this is a kind of a guy that if you don't have, you know, like much to lose or if you, you're trying to get up somewhere cheaply then then he's definitely a guy you can have a look at it always makes me nervous so someone in my position I don't think I'm going to yeah, be looking at it I don't think you'd be going there but if you're you know uh, a a little bit position further, like me <laughs> if you're a little bit further back I've got nothing to lose mate you're going to have my, a crack just yeah. my whole reputation uh, <laughs> there's, I, I there's think, nothing on the line I think you could easily sort of like if you told me in, in three weeks time if Elliot Yo and Sam Doherty were within five points of each other I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And you can obviously get him for nearly 300k cheaper. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, can't soak it up if he gets injured. But yeah, I you have, have to, to always acknowledge that there is going to be risk in terms of his body getting injured, and also the Eagles just throwing the magnets around, and experimenting. But um, so Yo's, he's definitely he's put up the scores recently. And well, that, but and against like what I would say is decent opposition, Collingwood, Adelaide, and then 170 point flogging against Sydney, yeah. and he's gone average 95 in those games. Yep. No, I, I think he's, he's he comes he's up against thing. the juiciest matchup in yeah. uh, St Kilda this week. I can't say he's best like top six, no, but no, I no. think I think that for stretches he could definitely get close enough and match it with those guys. Okay, should we talk mids? Otherwise, we're never going to leave. Yeah, let's talk mids. Um, so again, locks. I've got Rory Laird. Yep. I've got Clayton Oliver when he's back. Hopefully, yep. that's this week. Tick. Um, Andrew Brayshaw, Marcus Bontempelli, and I am denied about this one, but I've got Zach Merritt in there as well. I think. He probably is a top eight. I think so. Yeah. I think so. He was their highest scorer even with the less CBAs this, this week just gone. So I think he's a gun. So I think Clayton Oliver is the interesting one here who I don't think anyone owns just yet. I think for me, I still want to be waiting a week, maybe two weeks to see how he looks coming off just because it's been so long since he's been back in now. And the fact that he there was some talk about him doing his hamstring again, the infection and the... the, the um, and, and obviously, it's going to be much harder to get to him now that we've only got two trades. So, whilst I was keen to jump on last week, this week, I'm now going to give him a week to have a look at him. Would you agree? I agree with that. Um, of those five guys, if you don't have any, people are going to have at least some of these guys, but if you don't have any of them, where would you go first? Uh, Rory Led. Yeah. Rory Led for me. He's the highest value. Um, probably Brayshaw next. Yeah. And the other ones are just very expensive. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Rory Led is the guy here. Um, I've got him at number one. I don't know. I don't know if I feel as confident with that anymore, just because of Dawson maybe taking some points off him. But um, yeah, I think his floor is the highest, and he's obviously uh, I think the cheapest of this lot. Let's talk about the in the mix range, and there's a bunch of players here that we can look at. Yep. Uh, we'll go through some names: Caleb Sarong, Tom Green, Brad Crouch, Christian Petrarca, Noah Anderson, and Tom Mitchell. So you got six players in there. To round out the last three spots um, of this group, who do you like the most uh, moving forward? Well, I had the, had the choice of trading in Crouch or Anderson last week, and I went Anderson. Um, I know you shouldn't judge it after a week, but Crouch for me of these guys 
Um, Crouch and Petrarca. I yep. think I think for me those two maybe with Petrarca just a little bit higher, but again he is a little bit more expensive than Crouch. Yep. I think fifty k. Don't quote uh, me off the top of my yeah, head, something like maybe, that. Maybe like thirty or forty now. Um, yep. And then I've got Tom Green and Sarong, just a notch below those guys, and then maybe Anderson, depending on what happens with that CBA, is kind of hovering there. And then Tom Mitchell for me is a bit of a great unknown, but I kind of see him as the the last on this particular list. Yeah, I think I think if I was to f- if you. You know, gun to my head, would told me to pick three guys to join that other group. I'd probably go Sarong, Tom Green, and Petrarca. Okay, would be my three, uh, with Crouch, Mitchell, and Anderson sort of a bit behind. But they're obviously in this sort of bunch together as well. Yep. I think this is where if you can get those locks in, you can start to play around with these guys and you know seek out matchups and you know fixtures and things like that, and and sort of play the the fixture game with a lot of these guys because I think. In any two, three, four-week stretch, these guys can all outscore each other depending on the matchups. It's true. Yeah, um, that, that's a tough one to rank, those guys. Yeah, it is it's quite tough. They're obviously all good players. And I think at the end of the year, I don't know how much would separate a lot of these guys. But, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. That might be the difference between you moving up because, obviously, you've got to make a call one way or another. Now, this next group of guys we're going to talk about, the, the roughies in the in the midfield in terms of that um, ball boys, best boys kind of 22, these are the guys that I've seen already people floating around as guys that uh, are trade-in targets this week. So the two that I've seen really floating around are uh, Callum Mills and, and Jack Steele. Yep. Obviously, a lot of people, I think, will probably wait one more week on Mills, but a guy that I really want to discuss in, in some detail is Jack Steele. Yeah, so Jack Steele, look... Again, at the start of the year, I had him as my number one ranked mid. I started him on my side. It obviously hasn't gone to plan, but the injuries has obviously been an issue so far this year. We also raised the fact that the St. Kilda midfield hasn't been scoring insanely high this year compared yes. to the rest of their team. Yep. Being the number one ranked team for fantasy points, the mids, I think, were sort of fourth or fifth last. Um, that was a few weeks ago. Oh, can update that stat later on, but I think I'm still wanting to see another week personally, if I could. But if you're going to jump on, this might be the round. However, it does make me nervous that coming into a matchup like West Coast, he strikes me as the kind of type that if his body hasn't been right, mm. is he going to be going out guns blazing and trying to rack up the pill and you know fill his boots and pad his stats or is he going to be the type that kind of lets the other boys roam free and kind of just gets by without doing any further damage to himself and I I lean more towards the latter well like even to extend on that is he going to make the flight to Perth is yeah, he, if he does, him, is he going to get is he subbed? subbed out like, like Keller Mill style if there's been all this discussion about his body I, and you're playing the West Coast twos like maybe you're just not even flying in West I'm, I'm pretty sure they play West out west, don't they? Uh, I believe so. I think they are yeah. flying out west. Yeah, so I'd be very nervous trading in Jack Steele. I'd also be very nervous trading in Callum Mills. I actually, funnily enough, have more confidence with Mills's scoring ability than I do Steele, assuming Mills is in the right role. But in saying that, Mills did one. only have 22% CBAs. So I still want to see that tick off um, and for him to get through a full game before I launch into it. Look, you could jump in and it could work out like the risk-reward could potentially be there. But I think in most scenarios, I'm, I'm steering away from that um, if you can. So uh, would be the way I think about it. 
in sort of a similar kind of um, uh, not quite price bracket, but but in a similar vein of those roughies for the best yeah. twenty two, uh, Lockie Neal, Josh Kelly, Sam Walsh. Yeah, I think these guys are just they're just not quite there. But we know that the pedigree of these players. I think it's more to do with something would have to change for these guys to be up there. So Sam Walsh, he needs to be consistently inside those CBAs so he can get those tackles and be that one ten guy. Same yeah. with Josh Kelly, we've seen him more in a wing. Um, since coming back from his injury. And Lockie Neal, you've always got the threat of a tag. I think he can match it with the guys above, and he's the most confident I have. I am in this group. But he's always a guy that opposition are potentially tagging and, and sort of being aware of. So that kind of sometimes limits his ceiling. But if he gets a good run of fixtures, he could probably match the, uh, the guys in the tier above, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Now, in terms of the rocks, it's... Um, Tim English, Ron Marshall? There's not really much to discuss, All right, is let's there? move on. Cool. <laughs> um, well, well, just before we move on from the rocks, yep. if you are someone that has, for example, like a Briggsy, yep. and you, you're held in through his buy round, yep. and he's on, your, he's on your ruck line instead of like a Tim English, for example, how urgent do you think it is to get him to... English. Pretty urgent, I would have thought. But, I mean, he was in those last sort of three or four weeks prior to leading up to his buy. He was probably averaging just under 100, wasn't he? Yeah. So, perhaps it's not as urgent as as I first suggested. Look. It comes up against Melbourne and then Hawthorne. Funnily enough, Hawthorne is the tough matchup there uh, yeah, in terms of scoring. So, isn't that strange? Um, English, I think, also has a tough matchup against Frio, but last time he versed Frio, he put up like a 130, I think. So. I think if you still had Briggs, uh, I'd be I'd be looking at all my sort of rookie mid-prices and kind of playing the break-even game there a little bit. Like, what, where do I most urgently need to go? So let's say you've got like Humphrey or Briggs. You're yeah, trading Humphrey, Humphrey first. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely that was just first. an example that I was kind of using to, to show yeah. where you might I would even trade like Hayden Young to Doherty before, before I did a Briggs Well, if you, think, if you think of Hayden Young as what's he been recently, an 80, 80 guy, let's say, and Doherty yeah. can be a 110 guy, there's 30 points, whereas Briggs points, is yeah. 100. and Maybe there's like 10, 15 points difference there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the probably way I would do it. But probably within the next two or three weeks, I'd be trying to get in English if you didn't yep. already. Let's move on to the forwards. The locks here, two I think are going to be no-brainers. Tim Taranto, Josh Dunkley. Yep. I have also put Zach Butters in this list. And I haven't included another player in Errol Goulden. Um, so I've got three in the mix there. Zach Butters had a poor round just before his bye. But I still think that he's, you know, since moving into the midfield, he's averaging basically 105, 106. So I think in terms of locks for the forward line, I think he is there because his role seems very conducive to scoring. In the, in the mix range, I've got Errol Goulden. I haven't quite even got him in the locks. Do you disagree with me? I think Goulden's going to be a top six forward. You think, you think lock it in? I think so. The, I think Connor Rosie's going to be pretty close too. I am denied about it, and I know I'm obviously jaded and biased, but he's still playing a lot of wing. Um, now he's not going to play the Eagles every week. But who's going to who's going to knock him out is more my question. So like, the, you've got there's Kene- a few guys here. You've got Canelio. Oh, I still don't think Darcy Cameron's averaging more than Goulden for the rest of the season. Darcy Cameron's averaged 103 over the last three games since coming back into the side and playing the majority of their ruck. Like 103 could get it done in terms of a top six forward. Yeah, it could. I guess so. Um, so I wouldn't put it past it. Um, if you were to before the season started, say, you've got a player who's on the wing, you've got a player who's the number one ruck for a team. Where are you going? Who scores? What's the better role? Like, yeah. the number one ruck is more times out of 
more times than not, better role than a wing. Now, Errol Goulden is the best wing in the game, basically, and he does get some CBAs. Fantasy-wise. He, he, is, he is sort of the... He does. He's not a pure winger, but he definitely is playing a lot of wing time, especially with Callum Mills probably elevating in, in fitness. I think that will continue to trend that way. Um, and his average, 107, I think it is, over the last three weeks, even with that 145, he's averaging 111. But his his average is boosted up by those huge scores. ceiling scores. They're so, still part of his average. But. I know they are. So it's it's just about timing those matchups. And I guess like if he can have a few games, so the few games beforehand he was going, you know, 90, 80, 100, 90, 80, 100, and then a 150, you know, yeah. which props him back up. So it, it's a tough one. Um, I still think he'll be top six. So I guess I am probably a bit a bit harsh and putting him in the, in the mix. Um, so also yeah, in the mix, you've got Rosie, Cornelio, McRae, Cameron, Keys. Any trade-in targets there potentially this week? What do we think about Keys? Well, I liked what I saw in terms of the role this week just gone. Um, so tick, 78%. Tick for that, 78%. Would I have liked him to score a little bit more than 90? Yes. But does he have an awesome matchup this week? Yes. Yeah. Is he probably going to outperform what he's priced at still? Yes. Yep. Like, there's a lot of boxes being ticked. Yeah. Um, now, he did, I think, 108, I think, in a similar kind of role in years gone past. But yeah. it's not Dawson's gonna, there Exactly. Now. So, it's not going to be the, the keys that we saw when he did 108. Yeah. So, if we expect Dawson to be a 110-plus guy, yeah. Laird to be a 110-plus guy. I expect keys to be 95 guy in that role for yeah, the rest of the season. 95. And what's he priced at now? Uh, let me double check. He is priced at... 80 or something? 82, 83? 84. So go. he's probably, yeah, about 10 points unders. So he definitely is a guy that you could target and you should get, hopefully, instant reward. There is also a little bit in the back of my mind that he's not concrete locked in that role. Yeah. Um, they could still fling him around and do jobs here and there, but I'm less and less worried about that as the games pile up. Something to consider too, yes, Keys has good matchup this week, but do we expect that to be a heavy stoppage game because of how bad West Coast are? Sorry, he's got North Melbourne, doesn't he? I keep, yeah, I keep confusing. Yeah. Um, similar, yeah, similar concern. I don't know. Maybe it's not hugely stoppage-based. And, and I'd probably have him ahead of like a Jack McRae, for example. Um, in that role. As Jack, funny as that sounds. Jack McRae has been, like as a DPP forward, he's been you know sneaky good this year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just some interesting interesting forwards there that I think like the Cameron Keys discussion. I think if you're choosing to get those guys instead of like if you don't have an Errol Goulden or you don't have a Butters or a Rosie, I'd probably go in those cheaper guys first. In the forward line? Uh, yeah. In the forward line, just okay. because I think they can get close enough to those other, other guys. Um, and then try and get those other ones later. If Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's probably where I would lean. These roughies in the forward line, I don't love as much as some of the other lines, but I've got Bailey Smith in here, Nick Martin, which we haven't spoken about much on the podcast, and my boy Dylan Moore, more so if we just ever see a role change uh, there that we might want to jump on him. It's but, hopeful. Yeah, these guys are all... Look, Nick Martin, if Errol Goulden's the, the best winger for fantasy, Nick Martin's probably the next best. He's pretty um, good. But I just still... I, I can't trust it moving forward. Yeah, I probably agree on that one. Yeah, and Bailey Smith, again, kind of a role watch for him uh, moving forward. But at this current point, I don't think he's going to be top six forward moving forward. 
We probably got to change our strategy on the on the ball boys best boys because we've said ball boys best boys and then we basically talked about every player in the competition. Yeah, well, it's just uh, I don't know. I it think won't that- be a weekly weekly reoccurring <laughs> segment, but uh, it was just good to check in on those those top guys. I think next time we do the ball boys best boys, we go hard and fast. Hard and fast. You know, twenty two. All right. We'll see how we go. Uh, but let us know down in the comments, who are your best boys? Who do you think are the top six slash eight in their line? Drop them down in the comments below. Let's uh, let's maybe finish up with a few questions that um, some people have sent in. I'll throw them over to you here, Luke. Zach asks, Raul or Rioli uh, to go first? Who do you think is the priority trade there? Let me just see what Rioli's been up to. Raul's price at 800000 and... Um, Rioli is seven forty three. I'd probably uh, Richmond take uh, take on Brisbane, Gold Coast, Collingwood. I, I think Rao goes first. Yeah, I was probably thinking Rao as well. Cause, uh, yeah. The other thing too is Rao's on a line where you could be giving up 20, 30 points to the actual yeah. best in that line. Whereas Rioli, I'm assuming he's uh, he's your defender. Well, I think Rioli is also going to really struggle against Collingwood um, in a game where they play. They like to get it out into fast, space, open. Uh, I think that is yeah. the exact opposite of what Matty Rioli wants. And uh, his break even is 130. Rioli Rioli's is one, still 115. So still pretty big. But so I, I it's agree. Pretty big, but Rioli. yeah, I think I'd probably prefer getting off. Rao. And you could get at this point, um, you could get Raul pretty comfortably up to somebody it's, that would be not really much. nice, yeah. like a crouch or something like yeah. that. So I think Raul would be the first one to go in that instance. There's yep, Zach. Um, Leds Lads asked, uh, he wants to finish off his forwards. Do I go Hobbs to Cogs or Cameron? Let's go. He also added. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're saving quite a bit of cash going to Cameron. Are you from... I think it's only going to cost him like 20k or something like that from Hobbs. Um, Cogs. We didn't talk about him in the in the best boys, but what do we think about him? 849,000. How much is he going to outscore? I think he I think he will outscore Cameron. I think he will, but but right at this moment I think you're going Cameron because you're saving a little bit of cash that can then be used to get you somewhere next week maybe. I think if have we could, have we just been off Cornelio this season? Like we really haven't talked about. He him hasn't too really much. gone we to haven't. a point where he's like been an amazing buy, but he also hasn't smashed it out of the park. He's just kind of doing his hundred. He was kind of priced near that at the start of the season, so he's just kind of been doing his thing. Um, so I don't know if there's a great urgency to get him in, but I do think that he's probably going to continue to average about a hundred. But that's what we think Cameron's going to average roughly, and and they're Cameron, I think hundred k less, so five to a hundred. Yeah. Um, I think it depends if you what you could do with that savings. Yeah. If you can do something good with it either this week or next week and you've got a plan, then Cameron, yes, he's yeah. obviously much cheaper, probably gonna get close enough. I reckon Laird, Laird's lads will have a plan and he'll he'll save that hundred K and then he's gonna do wonders with it next yeah. week. So that's my thinking. If you can do something with that, Laird's lads, then I will go the cheaper option. Uh, no rookies left on the field for Jai except for Sheasel. Who scores more this week, Walsh or Doherty? Getting Walsh this week allows me to get Oliver next week, whereas Doc this week means I will only be able to get Walsh next week. I couldn't get past the the first part, the little the little gloat in there. No rookies on field except Sheasel. Wouldn't that be nice? Big dog over here. Well Wouldn't done, Jai. Nice. Hope you so read the, re- read the rest of the question because I was just caught up in that. Uh, Walsh or Doherty? Uh, Doherty. I think it's clear Doherty. Yeah, just take. He's gonna. We said he's a lock on that yeah. line. Just take it. I think. I think you get the guy who's guaranteed best in his line. Yeah. There's no 
guarantee Oliver comes back and looks amazing yeah. the it's, first week. So I I wouldn't be going past Doherty. Just get him what he can. Yeah, it's an interesting point um, that we make there because all through the season we've been preaching value, try and find value, try and find value. But it does kind of, and again, second season, don't have yeah. ask from elbow, but it gets to this point where now it's just like try and lock in a guy that you yeah. are very confident will be on the top. I, I do think so, yeah. I think, I think especially with those locks, if you don't have them, Get him in. So, Jai, I'd be going to Doherty straight away. Yep. Uh, is Himmelberger play this week? I'm worried about the slippery ball. Uh, where do they play? Do they play up north? Let me double-check that one because um, that might definitely change some things. TIO Traeger Park. It's Alice Springs. That's Alice Springs. Okay, so, yeah. Oh. I, I keep five there, why not? Oh, did you? Yeah, I did, mate. Good no memories. Bubble. Good so memories. So, if, if the Berg plays as well as... Yours truly. <laughs> the odds long. You'll, you'll be on for a huge fantasy score. Um, <laughs> look, I think he is a play. Um, maybe you'd go a yo ahead of him, though, would you? I would. There's still about a 100k difference, but I think I'm still going yo there. The role, he's, um, like I said, he's no chance of not playing midfield in that team. And the fact that he's basically running the show down back and in the midfield. But it, again, does it depends ranking? I probably wouldn't go either of those guys if you were if you were ranked in a really great spot. That's yeah. probably one where you you're really just trying to claw your way back. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, I think he's a play. Like, say for example, you're really tight on cash. You can't that difference in prices. Would you be happy you if he was your, your upgrade this week, Matt? <laughs> you kind of wouldn't be, would you? Not, not the most. No. Well, what? So, what if you went like, yeah, I don't, I don't know a scenario where I'd feel good, like Hayden Young down to the Berg, and then an upgrade on the other end, even yeah, doesn't maybe it's seem. A double. Um, was, I mean, I tried, I tried to get yo, if I was this guy. Yeah, yeah. Let's lock in that. Okay. Do I go Dawson, Timmy T, Crouch, or Petrarca? Struggling to prioritize primos now that we are off the buys. Oh, this is a good. Good question to have. This person off the doesn't back. have Timmy T. Oh, I'm sorry, Super Dragons DT. It's been a it's That's been a rough been a season for you so far, logic. mate. Read those names again. Dawson, Timmy T, Crouch, or Petrarca. Well, this Ooh. this is a, this tests your theory because if you're looking test. for value, then it's like it's Crouch and Petrarca. But if you're looking to just go to the top of the line, oh. what's what's Timmy T priced at? I don't even know anymore. He's priced at 129. <laughs> Stop tracking it, but yeah, 129. 1.1 mil. Yeah. Um, geez, it's going to be a lonely season if you don't have Timmy T. But how are you going to get there? I mean, can you get there? If he's asking, you must be able to get there. Well, Super Dragons, I'd be whatever. Don't des- sell the house. De- yeah, whatever doesn't destroy your team the most yeah. is my answer here. So if you can get to Dawson and Timmy T, and you can do that responsibly, <laughs> responsibly, <laughs> like you know, I'd I'd tick off going to those guys. But financial advice, you should go work with Guesty. Yeah, I <laughs> no, don't listen to my financial advice, but. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're very expensive. Um, they're very. Expensive. I'd be trying to figure out if it's if it's the same guy you're trading out for either. Then go to the big dogs. You know you're going to sleep so much better with those boys in your in your side. But if you have to trade out a better player to get them, then the actual increase in points won't be as much. So yeah, try and work out what's the difference in points. Do you think between the player you're trading out and the player you're trading? Yeah, in? yeah. I'll try and work it out that way. Uh, a few questions here. Um, Himmelberg, good get. Yes, we sort of answered that one. Um, first trade would be don't Humphrey. Ex- don't expect him to do what he did last year, but... Yeah, I don't think he will, a caveat hey. on that, I think. They're not chipping around as much, hey? I don't think so. What do you think he can average? Mm, 90. 90. So he averaged 100 
after moving to defence last year. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. So you reckon well, I just don't get that vibe from the first couple of games. I don't get that But I haven't vibe watched Cheetah closely either, but yeah, I'm not getting yeah, that Yeah, I, I think maybe low 90s might yep. be a reasonable thing to expect. Uh, first trade would be Humphrey to Hewitt. So that's a downgrade. Then Young to yep. Doherty. Have I, uh, he has one rookie on the field, mix of Johnson, Sheldrick, and Windhager, or Young to Himmelberg and Humphrey to Keys. No rooks on field. No, the first one. I think I'm leaning the first one there first too. One. I'm yeah. looking at something similar myself. Good get off Humphrey. Um, break even's gone up, and um, you're going down to Hewitt, who I don't know, maybe. I was, I was going to say job security, but they don't have anyone to bring in. Like, well, how do you yeah. even know at West Coast? I think he's going to play. But Eugene, um, the, the difference between Hayden Young and Doherty on a weekly basis could be 50 points. And that's yeah. that wouldn't even be a stretch. It, it would have been close to 50 points had, you know, had Dog popped a yeah. 120. The only thing that week. I would just, just um, caution you here, Sam, is just check your loops and yeah. make sure you can loop at least one of those guys between Johnson, Sheldrick, and Windhager. Because I know a lot of people um, maybe were fixing donut. some red dots in the buy rounds and you might not have the donut there in the line you need it in. So just double check that. And if you're banking on that one, it is a tougher decision. I still probably might go that one because hopefully if Winhager's named, juicy then matchup. you've got a juicy matchup against West Coast. You do. Um, Give me another da, da, da. one. Let's go. Is it time to target the big boys? Thinking about Bont <laughs> this week leaves me broke, so I might get a Mills type for my last upgrade. My viewed field after the trades is this. So this gentleman has merit. He has Brayshaw. He has Laird. Um, the only other lock in the line that I think he's missing here was the um, Oliver. So, yeah, I think getting in a Bont... Whilst he's nearly a million dollars, it is a lot to pay. But when you know you've got a cheap option like uh, Callum Mills coming down the pipeline, that's so, what allows me to tick this one off. This fellow thinks he will still be able to get Mills down the, yeah. down the pipeline. I th- yeah. And I think it's not that hard because he's going to be mid-600s. Like yeah. It's really quite attainable. Yeah. So in that instance, when you've got that backup option of a cheap Mills the week after, I am okay to tick it off because I probably would go... Bond first, get another look at Mills rather than doing it the other order. Yes, other yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so Would too. I mean, Bond, Bond's break even is 95 and he's every chance to outperform that week to week. Yeah. But he popped, popped to 150 a couple of weeks back. So so good right now. He does Brownlow Bond. Yeah, I think I think he's still on track. I think he is still on track. That uh, That will do it for the questions. Anything else you wanted to add in for the podcast before we sign off? Oh, some guy in the comments reckons I'm bald under this hat. Do you want to prove the people wrong? No, because he is absolutely right. <laughs> Smooth as a baby's bottom up here, people. I had a good chuckle at that comment as well. But, yeah, and uh, some, oh, I think it was like Luke's rocking the Kevin Bartlett. Yeah, yeah. Only, only, only weirdos wear hats KB. indoors. Do you know who Kevin Bartlett is? Uh, I don't reckon you do. No, do. <laughs> <laughs> Google him. The uh, um, Bru- yeah. Brucey Duel is another one. The Flying Doormat. Um, yeah, ball, heard, the ball on top and had the, yeah, the flowing yeah. oh, locks. Jeez, that's that's a that's a shock. The KB, that's a mate. He's he's a Richmond legend. Legend back in calls the day. himself a Richmond fan. Sixty-five <laughs> to eighty-three, mate. Fucking hell, get, <laughs> get off. Uh, but yeah, I think that will do it for us today, guys. Make sure if you are watching along on YouTube, you give this one a big old thumbs up. Let us know what you thought about the uh, the best boys, uh, <laughs> and uh, make sure. We, Chuck down in the comments in the, in, the, in the section below. Every other segment, are we just going to go ball boys, something boys? Like, is that... Absolutely. That's all we're doing from now on? It's a tried and tested formula. You're sampling the best. Tina. <laughs> R.I.P. 
Simply the best, and that goes for our... Tina, Tina Turner did. Yes. Yeah, yeah correct. Sorry, Tina. That, that applies to our segment names as well. That will do it for us today, guys. We'll catch you guys on Friday for the live show. All the best. See yous. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.